The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. With the market shifting, buyers suddenly find themselves with the leverage to negotiate. And one thing that's happening is sellers are offering temporary buy-downs. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia from the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Peter Idziak. He's a senior associate attorney at the Texas law firm Polumsky, Vital and Green. Peter, thanks for joining me. Good to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. So um, just starting things off, obviously, your, your firm, you guys work in the real estate space in Texas. Are you guys seeing a lot of temporary buy-downs now as, as part of deals? Uh, yeah, we don't just work in Texas. We are also nationwide, uh, although our offices are based in Texas. But we are starting to see temporary buy-downs come into the market. Uh, it's largely uh, led by our builder clients and other builders that we see. Um, the obvious reason is that the builders would prefer to do a temporary buy-down as an incentive to buyers than a straight reduction in price. Um, I have been speaking to some realtors who are hearing anecdotal stories about individual sellers negotiating temporary buy-downs. But really, uh, right now in the market, it's the builder sellers that are offering them. And, and why is that? Why would it be more attractive to a builder to offer a temporary buy-down versus just lowering the asking price? Well, there's a, there's a couple of reasons there. Um, first of all, maybe not all your buyers uh, are going to need a price reduction. So if you are advertising lower sales prices or in certain states where you have publicly available data on this, the sale price of a home, uh, you put your buyers on notice that you have across the board price reductions. Whereas a, a temporary interest rate buy-down would only be available uh, if someone negotiated it. Now, our, uh, we are seeing builders that are advertising these programs, so they're definitely out there, but that's a benefit over the, the straight sales price reduction. Also, as a builder, you're probably less likely to uh, get some sort of negative feedback from previous buyers who had purchased at higher uh, prices who uh, either feel like that they purchased at the top or if they go to sell, recognize that they're selling against lower prices. And and um. How much? How much would a, a builder in that situation, if they're negotiating a build, uh, a, a buy down, um, are they able to maybe put up less money than they would lose bringing the price down, or how much? How much money would they have to sort of put up for the buy down to see some kind of significant rate drop on you know a typical sized home? Are we talking five thousand, ten thousand? Do they have to put up a lot of money, or is it maybe hey, I put up a little and I don't have to really give you know a ten, twenty thousand dollar price drop? 
That is kind of a complicated answer. Uh, so I can't really give you a one size fits all answer. A lot of times uh, it can be somewhat price neutral because the amount that you need to put into this escrow account, this buy down account to buy down the interest rate uh, will vary based on your loan amount interest rate and you know the points that the lender has calculated into how much it needs to go. And I think to take a step back, uh, the normal way that a buy-down works is there's two main examples, a, a three-two-one buy-down or a two-one buy-down. And like those names suggest, they buy down the interest rate uh, by a by a, a whole number, by basically 100 basis points uh, in each year of the buy-down. So a two-one buy-down buys down the effective interest rate two percentage points from the note rate in year one and one percentage in year two. So whereas when we think about kind of just points, you know, you can get uh, buying an eighth of a point, a quarter of a point, something like that. Buy downs are normally structured in 100 basis point increments. And and are buyers willingly accepting this? I mean, obviously, it's attractive in the first couple of years, it's a chance to essentially grow into the loan. Maybe hope you get a, a raise or a new job, uh, and then you're able to afford it once the the full rate kicks in. But are they seeing this as you know, hey, that's great, even if it's only for a couple of years, versus you know maybe knocking something substantial off the 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 total price? Do they like this option? Uh, borrowers definitely do. Um, as you mentioned, they may want the ability to get comfortable uh, easing into the mortgage payment. So having it uh, increase over one to two years is better than that kind of payment shock that a lot of home buyers, especially first-time home buyers, realize. Um, for a lot of home buyers, you know, the first year, aside from just an increase in their maybe their outlying housing costs, uh, is dealt with. Uh, other capital expenditures, you know, furniture purchases, landscaping, other maintenance costs that they may not have had to deal with in the past. So to the extent that buyers feel a little uncertain about the economic landscape over the next one to two years, the ability to kind of ease into their full undiscounted mortgage rate is something that's attractive to them. And you also have to recognize that you know, a seller may not be willing to reduce the price, but may be willing to provide you a buy-down. So your, your ability to negotiate a price reduction may be limited. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at originatorconnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. So certainly this is an attractive concession for a builder who's selling several homes and may have considerations beyond the price of the current home that that's under negotiation. You mentioned anecdotally you're hearing from realtors that individual sellers are at least considering this. Does it seem like it's catching on or is this just sort of, you know, there are spots where it's happening, but it's it's not a trend in terms of individual home sellers yet? Uh, you know, that would be a bit uh, much for me to, to say that it's a trend at this point. Um, I think one of the interesting things to understand about buy downs is that they were kind of came into the market in the 1970s and 80s as a way for individual sellers to assist buyers in qualifying for the mortgage because pre uh, CFPB and ability to repay and qualified mortgage rules, um, you could underwrite the loan based on the discounted rate 
Whereas today, for almost all uh, programs, you have to, you know, Fannie, Freddie, FHA, you have to qualify the borrower on the undiscounted note rate. So that takes away one of the motivations that individual sellers had in the past. Um, also makes buy downs less of a, a risky proposition. But for individual sellers, um, you know, talking to realtors, what they've heard is that um, individual sellers may psychologically not want to reduce the price that they're willing to get for the home, but are motivated to sell. You know, they have their holding costs. They need to purchase the home that they're looking to move into. So a buy down is a way for them to kind of close the deal without psychologically feeling that they've you know, hurt themselves or that they're going to hold out for a higher price. Realtors also can prefer uh, buy downs for obvious reasons. Um, again, you know, buy downs are not really disclosed in the sales price. So publicly available data would show that the house sold at, let's say, the list price and not reflect that maybe there was a, a $10,000 buy down provided. So that's another reason that, you know, you may see individual sellers agreeing to this um, because you know, realtors would also be happy for that to happen. Right. And I guess if you're the seller and it's, you know, hey, six and one, half dozen in the other, but the realtor is pushing me this way. And also, you know, I can feel like I'm helping the buyer when, you know, everything's even on my end. Um, so, so even though this is just anecdotally happening uh, in the individual market and, you know, obviously it's happening more with the builders, uh, it sounds like if, if you're a broker or an originator, you should certainly be aware that th there's growing interest on the seller side for this, right? That this is something, if your buyer is having a hard time, this is something that you can try to maybe negotiate on behalf of your, of your borrowers. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, negotiate on behalf of your borrowers to the extent you have you know, contacts with realtors, make them aware of this uh, because a lot of uh, people in the industry, you know, weren't really around maybe whenever these were big uh, the last time, 2007, 2008. And a, and a couple of years before that, but, and to your borrowers that are maybe a little hesitant, you know, we, there's a lot in the news media right now about economic uncertainty and borrowers may feel comfortable with their own personal financial situation, but may feel that they're not sure what's going to happen in the market. I'm going to, I, you know, I don't want to commit myself. I'm going to hit pause on this, offering up them up the opportunity that, Hey, maybe you can negotiate this with your seller that would kind of let you get into a position for these first two years where you're having reduced monthly payments. And then in year three, I think, you know, if you look at what projections are right now about any potential recession, uh, it's in the near term. And, you know, you look three years out and most people would probably be more comfortable with their financial picture then. Yeah, no, absolutely. We have an uncertain market. Home affordability continues to remain high and now credit standards also tightening. Obviously, if you're a lender, you want to have every uh, every tool in your toolbox to try to close that deal and get that loan. Peter, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Mike. And we'll have the rest of your headlines right after this word. So that'll do it for the podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to add for the newscast? Uh, I guess I would just say that um, you know these are considered interested party contributions, so you do run up on those limits. Um, you know, again, it's it's kind of impossible to give you just hard numbers because you know, like FHA six percent, you have your Fannie Freddie limits, and well, what does that work out to? Um, and really, this is I guess it's kind of complicated, but based on pricing, you know, you you base the 
the way that the amount of money that goes into the escrow account is calculated is that you say, I want to buy down the, basically, I want to buy down, you know, the rate by one percentage point in year two, two in year one. How much money does that cost me? The lender comes back with the amount that needs to go in the escrow account. Um, but that's more, you know, math based maybe than mm-hmm. worth getting into. Right, right. No, but certainly, you know, it's a good explainer. Obviously, our audience is a little bit, uh, since it's mostly in the mortgage industry, they're a little bit more into the weeds than the average person. So it's certainly good to point out that, hey, there are limits and there's there's a formula here. So you can't just ask for the, ask for the moon on the front end and <laughs> see if that, see if you land anything. Yeah, and I, I guess, I guess so that would be the big thing to point in is, you know, if you got a $200,000 loan, you can't do, you know, a $20,000 Buy down to get Just the buy the mortgage payment in the first year for right. <laughs> and I guess the other thing to add is that you can use these on arms. Um, FHA doesn't allow it, but Fannie and Freddie does. Uh, VA does. So you know, for certain borrowers that maybe think, "Hey, you know, maybe this is a seven-year home for me," um, you know, if you get a, or a five-year home, you get a seven-one arm, and then you get a buy down, and you can really you know stack those to reduce your monthly payment for the first couple of years. Right, right, absolutely. Um, okay, thanks a lot, Peter. And we'll have the rest of your headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here are your headlines for today, August 5th. One of the largest wholesale TPOs in the country, Rocket Companies, saw its profits fall down $60 million or two cents per diluted share. Net revenue for the quarter was $1.39 billion, down 48% from both the first and second quarter of last year. Even as it completes divesting itself as Zillow offers, Zillow Company has found a way back into the iBuying business. Along with releasing its second quarter earnings Thursday, the Seattle-based online real estate marketplace announced a multi-year partnership with rival Open Door Technologies, Inc. that will allow home sellers on the Zillow platform to request an Open Door offer to sell their homes. And finally, Redfin also released its earnings, which increased 29% compared to the second quarter of 2021. The gross profit for the company was $118 million, which was a decrease of 6% year over year. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.